GCSE Physics Audio, Forces and Motion by KScience.com. A vector quantity has both magnitude, size, and magnitude. Whereas a scalar quantity only has magnitude, size. Distance is a scalar quantity because it only has magnitude but no direction. Displacement is a vector quantity because it has both magnitude and direction. Speed is a magnitude quantity because it only has magnitude but no direction. Velocity is a vector quantity because it has both magnitude and direction. Energy is a magnitude quantity because it only has magnitude but no direction. Acceleration is a vector quantity because it has both magnitude and direction. Mass is a scalar quantity because it only has magnitude but no direction. Weight is a vector quantity because it has both magnitude and direction. Distance is a scalar quantity because it only has magnitude but no direction. Displacement is a vector quantity because it has both magnitude and direction. If you walk 200 meters away from your starting point you can identify the distance, but not your displacement because no direction is stated. If you walk 300 meters east away from your starting point you can identify the distance and your displacement, because the direction is stated. Work done is the energy transferred when a force moves an object through a distance. Work done is the same as saying energy transferred. When you push, pull, or lift something, you are overcoming frictional forces such as friction or the object's weight due to gravity. The formula that links work done force applied to an object and distance is work done equals force x distance. The unit for work done is joules, j. The unit for force is newtons, n. The unit for distance is meters, m. Work done is another way of saying energy transferred. An example of doing work is when you push a box and cause it to move. There is work being done due to an energy transfer from the chemical energy store of the person into the kinetic energy store of the box. Another example of doing work is when a car breaks and slows down. There is kinetic energy stored of the moving wheels. When the brakes are applied, there is friction between the brakes and the wheels. Therefore there is a transfer of energy from the kinetic energy store of the wheels to the thermal energy stores of the brakes and the surroundings. This causes the car to decrease its speed. Newton's first law of motion states that an object will remain stationary or move at a constant velocity if there is no resultant force acting on it. If a resultant force acts on an object, the object will change its speed or direction. If an object is stationary, there is no resultant forces acting on it. If a resultant force acts on a stationary object it will accelerate which means to speed up. If a moving object has no resultant force acting on it, it will move in the same direction at the same speed, which is the same as saying the same velocity. If a resultant force acts on a moving object it will slow down, speed up, or change direction. Newton's second law states that if you apply a resultant force to a mass it will accelerate. The resultant force acting on an object is directly proportional to acceleration of the object. The greater the resultant force the greater the acceleration of the object. The mass of an object is inversely proportional to the acceleration of the object. The greater the mass of the object the smaller the acceleration of that object.
The equation that describes Newton's second law is force equals mass x acceleration. The unit for mass is kilograms, the unit for force is newtons, and the unit for acceleration is meters per second squared. Newton's third law of motion states that when two objects interact, the forces they exert on each other are equal and opposite. So if someone is pushing against a wall, there will an equal and opposite force acting back on her. The force acting back on her from the wall is called a normal contact force. The two forces are the same size. So if she is exerting a 100N force on the wall, the wall's force acting back on her is 100N in the opposite direction. The formula that links speed, distance and time is, distance equals speed x time. The unit for distance is meters, m. The unit for time is seconds, s. The unit for speed is meters per second, m slash s. The equation that links acceleration, final velocity, initial velocity and time is, acceleration equals, final velocity, initial velocity, divided by time. The unit for initial and final velocity is meters per second, meter per second. The unit for acceleration is meters per second 2, m slash s2. The unit for time is seconds, s. Final velocity, initial velocity is the same as saying change in velocity. Acceleration is how quickly an object's velocity changes. A positive change in velocity is called acceleration. A negative change in velocity is called deceleration. To calculate the acceleration of an object using a velocity v-time graph, you firstly identify the initial velocity of the object, and then the final velocity of the object. You then identify the time it took for the object to change its velocity. You will then recall the equation, acceleration equals, final velocity, initial velocity, divided by time. This will give you the acceleration of the object with the unit m slash s2. To calculate the distance an object has traveled using a velocity v time graph you must calculate the area under the graph. You would firstly divide the graph into rectangles, squares and triangles. The area under a triangle is the distance an object moved while it was accelerating or decelerating. To calculate the distance traveled by an object while it was changing velocity, you would use the equation base x height divided by 2. The area under a rectangle or square is the distance an object moved while it was moving at a constant velocity. To calculate the distance traveled by an object while it was traveling at a constant velocity, you would use the equation base x height. When a skydiver falls out of a plane, they accelerate from an initial velocity of 0 meters per second to an increased velocity. The skydiver accelerates because they have a resultant force acting on them. They accelerate because the force of weight acting on them in a downwards direction is larger than the frictional force of air resistance acting against them. The larger the resultant force acting on them the larger their acceleration. The smaller the resultant force acting on the skydiver, the lower their acceleration. When their weight is equal to the frictional force of air resistance there is no longer a resultant force acting on them, so they are moving at a constant velocity. We call this the skydiver's terminal velocity. When driving a car, a time might come when you must apply the brakes with a maximum force during an emergency. The time between seeing the hazard and applying the brakes is your reaction time.
The distance you travel during your reaction time is the thinking distance. Once the brakes have been applied with a maximum force, the car will begin to decelerate, which means to slow down. The distance the car travels while the brakes are applied is the car's braking distance. The thinking distance plus the braking distance is the car's stopping distance. The faster the car is traveling, the larger the car's thinking and braking distance, and therefore its overall stopping distance. The faster the car is moving, the larger the car's braking distance. If brakes are worn, then there is less friction between the brakes and the wheel. If there is less friction between the wheels and brakes, there will be less energy transferred from the kinetic energy store of the wheel to the thermal energy store of the brakes and surroundings. This means the car's braking distance will increase. Oil spills, water, or ice will increase the braking distance of the car, and even cause the car to skid due to reduced friction between the wheels of the car and road. If you drink alcohol, take drugs, or are tired your reaction times will increase. If you see a hazard and need to apply the brakes in an emergency, the distance you travel between seeing the hazard and applying the brakes is the thinking distance. If you're drunk or tired, and your reaction times are slower, you will travel a further distance before you apply the brakes. Being drunk doesn't affect the car's thinking distance, but it will increase the overall stopping distance of the car. If an object is stationary, it has no velocity, or momentum, but if the object moves it now has velocity, or momentum. All objects have matter so have mass. So all moving objects that have mass and velocity will have momentum. Momentum is a vector quantity because it has size, magnitude, and direction. The formula for momentum is, momentum equals mass x velocity. Rearrange the formula for mass, mass equals momentum divided by velocity. Rearrange the formula for velocity, velocity equals momentum divided by mass. The unit for mass is, kg. The unit for velocity is, meter per second. The unit for momentum is, kg meter per second. GCSE Physics Audio, Energy by KScience.com An object with more energy in its thermal energy store will mean the object has a higher temperature. If energy is transferred into the thermal energy store of an object the particles will then vibrate more. If particles in an object vibrate more, there is more energy stored in the particle's kinetic energy store. Thermal energy is transferred from an object's thermal energy store to another object which has a lower temperature. When energy is transferred out of an object's thermal energy store, the particles will vibrate less, and have less energy stored in the particle's kinetic energy store. Anything that is moving has energy in its kinetic energy store. The faster an object moves the more energy is transferred into its kinetic energy store. If the object slows down, Energy is then transferred away from its kinetic energy store to another store. If you lift an object, there is an energy transfer from your chemical energy store to the gravitational potential energy GPE store of the object. The higher you lift the object the more energy is transferred into that raised object's gravitational potential energy store. Elastic potential energy is the energy stored in an object when it has been stretched or compressed. If a person pulls an elastic band it will stretch, this is because there is an energy transfers from the person's chemical energy store to the elastic band's elastic potential energy. 
when the person lets go of the elastic band, it moves. This is because the energy stored in the elastic band's elastic potential energy store is transferred to its kinetic energy store and therefore moves. Chemical energy is the energy stored in fuels, foods, and batteries that can be transferred by chemical reactions. Nuclear energy is the energy stored in the nucleus of an atom. The larger the nucleus of an atom, then more energy is stored in the atom's nuclear energy store. The smaller the nucleus of an atom, then less energy is stored in the atom's nuclear energy store. U-238 has a relative atomic mass of 238, which means it has a total of 238 protons and neutrons. P4 is helium and has a relative atomic mass of 4, which means it has a total of 4 protons and neutrons. This means the U-238 has the larger atom, therefore there is more energy in the nuclear energy of the U-238 atom. As the pendulum is lifted there is an energy transfer from the chemical store of the person to its gravitational potential energy, GPE, store because the pendulum is lifted higher above the ground, and into its kinetic energy store because it's moving. When the pendulum is stationary at its highest point, there is energy in the gravitational potential energy store, but no energy in the pendulum's kinetic energy store because it's not moving. As the pendulum falls, there is an energy transfer from its gravitational potential energy store to its kinetic energy store, and the pendulum's speed increases. The pendulum's height increases after it passes its lowest point, and there is an energy transfer from its kinetic store to its gravitational potential energy store, and its speed decreased. When a current is supplied to the kettle's heating element, there is a transfer of energy from the electrical energy store in the wire due to the flow of electrons to the thermal energy store in the heating element of the kettle. If there is water in kettle, there is a transfer of energy from the thermal energy store of the heating element to the thermal energy store of the water. Not all the energy is transferred into the water's thermal energy store from the heating element's thermal energy store. Some energy is transferred to the thermal energy store of the surroundings as wasted energy, another word for wasted energy is dissipated energy. Work done is the energy transferred when a force moves an object through a distance. Work done is the same as saying energy transferred. When you push, pull, or lift something, you are overcoming frictional forces such as friction or the object's weight due to gravity. The formula that links work done force applied to an object and distance is. Work done equals force x distance. If you lift an object, there is an energy transfer from your chemical energy store to the gravitational potential energy GPE, store of the object. The higher you lift the object the more energy is transferred into that raised object's gravitational potential energy store. The amount of energy in the object's gravitational potential energy store depends on its mass the height the object is lifted, and the gravitational field strength the object is experiencing. The formula for an object's GPE is, GPE equals mass x height x gravitational field strength. The gravitational field strength on Earth is 9.8 n slash kg. Anything that is moving has energy in its kinetic energy store. The faster an object moves the more energy is transferred into its kinetic energy store. If the object slows down, energy is then transferred away from its kinetic energy store to another store. 
the kinetic energy of an object depends on the object's mass and speed. So the faster the object is traveling, and the greater its mass, the more energy will be stored in the object's kinetic energy store. The formula for an object's kinetic energy is kinetic energy equals 0.5 x mass x speed squared. The gravitational potential energy stored in an object increases the further the object is moved upwards away from ground level. The kinetic energy stored in an object increases the faster the object is moving. When an object falls, energy from its gravitational potential energy store is transferred into the object's kinetic energy store. If there is no air resistance, you can use the principle of the conservation of energy to get energy lost from the gravitational potential energy store equals the energy gained into the kinetic energy store of the object. When an object is stretched, or compressed energy is transferred into the object's elastic potential energy store. The equation to calculate the energy stored in a spring when it is stretched is elastic potential energy equals 0.5 x spring constant x extension squared. The specific heat capacity of a substance is the energy that is required to be gained or lost from 1 kilogram of the substance to increase or decrease the temperature of the 1 kilogram mass by 1 degree Celsius. The unit for specific heat capacity is J slash Coke. The unit written out in full is joules per kilogram per degree Celsius. If the specific heat capacity of a substance is 1000 J slash Coke, and you have 1 kilogram of the substance, then 1000 J of energy needs to be transferred into the thermal energy store of the 1 kilogram object to increase its temperature by 1 oc. To calculate the energy stored in the kinetic store of a car, or any object, you use the formula, ek equals 0.5x mxv squared. For the car to decrease its speed energy must be transferred from its kinetic store to the thermal energy store of the brakes. If a car has 100,000 J of energy in its kinetic energy store, 100,000 J of energy must be transferred to the thermal energy store of the brakes. If energy is transferred into the brakes thermal energy store, then the temperature of the brakes will increase. To calculate the temperature change of the brakes you rearrange the specific heat capacity formula to temp change equals energy transferred divided by mass x specific heat capacity. The value for energy transferred is the energy transferred from the kinetic energy store of the car to the thermal energy store of the brakes. Power is the rate of doing work. Power can also be described as the rate of energy transfer. So power is how quickly energy is being transferred from one store to another store. The equation that links power, energy transferred and time is power, W, equals energy transferred, J, divided by time, S. The equation that links power, work done and time is power, W, equals work done, J, divided by time, S. Work done is the same as saying energy transferred. Conduction is the transfer of energy through particles in a solid. When energy is transferred into the thermal store of a solid, the energy is transferred across the kinetic energy store of the particles. When a particle has more energy in its kinetic energy store the particles vibrate more. So when the particles vibrate more, they collide more with their neighboring particles. When particles collide, Energy is transferred from the kinetic energy store of a particle to the other particle's kinetic energy store. The more kinetic energy particles have in a solid, 
the higher the energy in the thermal energy store of the object. When particles collide with a radiator, energy is transferred from the heater's thermal energy store into the kinetic energy of a particle in a liquid or gas. This energy transfer is by the process of conduction. The particles now move faster. When a particle has more energy in its kinetic energy store they move faster and become less dense. Less dense particles will rise. As they rise, energy is transferred from the kinetic energy store of the particles to the thermal energy of the surroundings. This increases the temperature of the surroundings. As particles cool, they move slower, and becomes more dense. More dense particles fall. GCSE Physics Audio Energy Resources by kscience.com Coal, gas and oil are examples of fossil fuels. Fossil fuels are formed underground and are stores of chemical energy. When fossil fuels are burnt, the energy in their chemical store is transferred into the thermal energy stores of the surroundings. We call fossil fuels a non-renewable resource, as they are used faster than they are naturally made, so they will therefore eventually run out. Crude oil is used to produce fuels such as petrol and diesel that that power vehicles. Coal, gas, and oil are used for heating homes. Oil and coal release sulfur dioxide, SO2, which harms the environment. Oil, gas and coal all CO2 that causes climate change and global warming. Nuclear power is a non-renewable resource because it is used faster than it is made. Uranium or plutonium is used in a nuclear fission reactor. Nuclear fission generates a lot of heat, and energy is transferred into the thermal energy store of the water to turn it to steam. The steam drives and turns a turbine which turns and drives a generator, which generates an electrical current. Nuclear power stations are very expensive to build, and pollution is produced whilst the power station is made. However no harmful gases are produced once operational. Nuclear waste is very dangerous and must be disposed of safely. If they explode or fall apart, they can cause a lot of damage due to radioactive material being put into the atmosphere. Energy from the wind turns a wind turbine. The turbine then turns and drives the generator. The generator generates an electrical current which supplies electrical current to the grid. Wind turbines are a renewable resource because resources are made at the same rate as they're used. Wind turbines are expensive to build and pollution is produced whilst they are made. Once fully functional they produce no pollution. They spoil views and are very noisy. With no wind, no electric current is generated as turbines can't drive the generator. Hydroelectric power stations are a renewable resource because resources are made at the same rate as they're used. A dam is built to form a reservoir of stored water. The water is used to drive and turn a turbine. The turbine turns and will turn a generator, which generates an electric current. Dams are very expensive to build, and because they are built from concrete, a lot of pollution is produced when they're being built but once built they produce no pollution. A lot of land is potentially flooded when a dam is built, and this can damage animal or human habitats. Electrical current can be constantly generated as long as there is not a drought. Energy from waves is used to turn a turbine and then a generator. When the generator turns, an electric current is generated. 
Wave-generated power is a renewable resource because resources are made at the same rate as they're used. Wave-powered generators are unreliable because waves are dependent on the weather, so if there are no waves, no electric current is generated. They can disturb marine life and are a hazard to boats. They will only generate enough electrical current for small populations. They produce no pollution once built and operational. A tidal barrage is a dam with turbines built into them. The dam holds water back so water can go through and turn the turbines. The turbines turn, and turn and drive a generator. When the generator turns it generates an electric current. Tidal barrages are a renewable resource because resources are made at the same rate as they're used. They are expensive to build, and pollution is produced whilst they are being built. But once built they produce no pollution. They can generate high amounts of electrical current, but tides are sometimes unreliable. Solar cells are a renewable resource because resources are made at the same rate as they're used. They absorb the radiation from the sun, and that energy is transferred to generate an electric current. Once installed, solar cells produce no pollution, but pollution is produced whilst they're being built. The initial costs to produce solar cells and install them are high, but once installed, the electrical current generated is free. Geothermal power stations are a renewable resource because resources are made at the same rate as they're used. Cool water is pumped down to be heated by hot rocks deep under the Earth's surface. These rocks are hot due to volcanic activity or radioactivity in rocks. These hot rocks are used to turn water to steam. The steam returns to the Earth's surface to drive and turn a turbine. The turbine then drives and turns a generator. The generator generates an electrical current. They are expensive to build, and pollution is produced building a geothermal power station. However no pollution is produced whilst operational. Biofuels are biological or biologically produced material. Biofuels are burned and the heat generated heats water to steam. The steam turns a turbine and turns a generator, which generates an electric current. It is a renewable resource, because they are produced at the same rate as they are used. When biofuels are burned carbon dioxide is produced. The carbon dioxide is then absorbed by other plants used for biofuels, so biofuels are carbon neutral. When plants used as biofuels are cut down, animal habitats can be destroyed. GCSE Physics Audio, Waves by KScience.com Waves transfer energy. A transverse wave is when the oscillations of particles are perpendicular to the direction of energy transfer. A longitudinal wave is when the oscillations of particles are parallel to the direction of energy transfer. The area of rarefaction in a longitudinal wave is where the particles are furthest apart. The area of compression in a longitudinal wave is where the particles are closest together. The amplitude of a wave is the maximum displacement of a point on a wave from its undisturbed position. The wavelength of a wave is the distance from a point on a wave to the next equivalent point on the next wave. The wavelength of a wave can be the distance from one peak to the next peak on the adjacent wave, or from the trough of a wave to the next trough, or from the undisturbed position to the next undisturbed position on the next wave. To calculate the frequency of a wave if you have the number of wavelengths and the time, 
you divide the number of wavelengths that pass a certain point by the time taken for them to pass the point. The unit for frequency is hertz, hertz. If 100 wavelengths pass a point in 2 seconds, you divide 100 by 2. This gives you an answer of 50 hertz. The period of a wave is the time it takes for a full cycle of the wave to be completed. The frequency is the number of complete waves passing a point every second. The unit for period is seconds, s. The unit for frequency hertz, hertz. The equation that links period and frequency is period equals 1 divided by frequency. Rearrange the equation for frequency, frequency equals 1 divided by period. The frequency is the number of complete waves passing a point every second. The speed of a wave is how fast the wave is traveling. The wavelength is the distance from one point on a wave to the next adjacent point. The equation that links wave speed, wavelength and frequency is, wave speed, meter per second, equals wavelength, m, x frequency hertz. Rearrange the equation for frequency, frequency, hertz, equals wave speed, meter per second, divided by wavelength, m. Rearrange the equation for wavelength, wavelength, m, equals wave speed, meter per second, divided by frequency, hertz. A light ray can both refract through a surface as well as reflect off the surface. Light rays can also just reflect off a surface without refracting. The normal line is drawn 90 degrees to the boundary. The light ray that approaches the boundary is called the incident ray. The point the incident ray hits the boundary is called the point of incidence. The light ray that reflects from the point of incidence on the boundary is called the reflected ray. The angle of incidence is the angle from the incident ray to the normal. The angle of reflection is the angle from the reflected ray to the normal. The law of reflection, angle of reflection equals the angle of incidence. Waves can reflect differently depending on the surface of the boundary they hit. Specular reflection is when parallel waves are reflected from a smooth surface in a single direction. An example of specular reflection is when light reflects off a mirror and you get a clear reflection. The angle of incidence and reflection is the same for each parallel wave. Diffuse reflection is when parallel waves are reflected by a rough surface in many different directions. The angle of incidence is equal to angle of reflection for each different ray, but the angle of incidence is different for each ray, which is why you don't get a clear reflection. Light can travel through air and into glass. The boundary is the region where light travels from one material and into another material. Normal line is drawn at 90 degrees to the boundary. The light ray that approaches the boundary is called the incident ray. The angle from the incident ray to the normal is called the angle of incidence. When the light enters the new material and refracts, the light ray is called the refracted ray, and the new angle to the normal is called the angle of refraction. If a light ray enters moves into a more optically dense material from a less optically dense material, the light ray will refract and bend towards the normal. If a light ray enters moves from a more optically dense material into a less optically dense material, the light ray will refract and bend away from the normal. GCSE Physics Audio, Electromagnetic Spectrum by kscience.com The waves of the electromagnetic spectrum can also be called electromagnetic radiation. 
the waves of the electromagnetic spectrum are transverse waves, not longitudinal waves. Radio waves have the longest wavelengths and the shortest frequencies. Microwaves have the second longest wavelengths and the second shortest frequencies. Gamma have the shortest wavelengths but the highest frequencies. The other M waves are infrared, visible light, ultraviolet and X-rays. Radio waves are mainly used for TV and radio signals. Radio waves are sent out by transmitters and received by TV and radio receivers. Long-wave radio signals can travel long distances because they diffract around the curvature of the Earth, around tall buildings and around hills. Short-wave radio signals can also travel long distances, but they don't diffract around the curvature of the Earth. Instead, short-wave radio wave signals reflect off the ionosphere and then back down to Earth and back up to the ionosphere. TV and FM aerial receivers must be in the line of sight of the signal transmitter. TV and FM signals don't diffract around hills or tall buildings. Microwaves are used for satellite communications, satellite television, and allowing us to access websites on the internet. Microwaves are transmitted from microwave transmitters. The microwave signal is transmitted through the Earth's atmosphere into space whereby a satellite will amplify the signal back down to Earth. A microwave receiver on the ground in the form of a satellite dish will receive the signal. Microwaves in microwave ovens transfer energy into the thermal energy stores of the water in the food. Energy is then transferred from the water's energy store into the food's thermal energy store. Radio waves are not dangerous because they don't transfer much energy, and they pass through tissue. Microwaves are dangerous because they can penetrate tissue cause internal heating of the tissue, which damages the tissue. Whereas infrared radiation doesn't penetrate tissue, heating only from the outside. Microwaves penetrate food and transfer energy into the thermal energy store of water molecules. There is then an energy transfer from the thermal energy store of the water molecules to the thermal energy stores of the food. Infrared radiation won't penetrate the food so will heat food more slowly. Infrared radiation is used in toaster, there is an energy transfer from the thermal energy store of the heating element to the thermal energy stores of the toast via infrared M wave. Infrared heaters use infrared radiation to transfer energy to the thermal energy store of the air particles. This causes the temperature of the room to increase. Infrared radiation doesn't penetrate tissue, heating only from the outside. Infrared radiation can damage cells by heating them. Ultraviolet radiation, X-rays and gamma rays are ionizing radiation, which means they ionize atoms in our cells. This can cause DNA mutations and damage cells. UV light can mutate DNA, which can lead to cancer. UV light can damage your eyes so you go blind whereas visible light only damage eyes. GCSE Physics Audio, Radioactivity by kscience.com An atom is the basic building block of all substances. An atom consists of protons and neutrons in a central nucleus, with electrons in the shells surrounding the nucleus. The relative mass of a proton is 1, neutron is 1 and electron is 1 1836. The relative charge of a proton is plus 1, electron is minus 1 and neutron is 0. 
The mass of an atom is concentrated in the nucleus of the atom as this is where protons and neutrons are found. In between the electrons is empty space. The lowest energy level is closest to the nucleus and the highest energy level is furthest away from the nucleus. An atom is the basic building block of all substances. An atom consists of protons and neutrons in a central nucleus, with electrons in the shells surrounding the nucleus. The mass number is the number of protons and neutrons. The atomic number is the number of protons, equal to the number of electrons. The number of neutrons equals the mass number, atomic number. Isotopes are different atoms of the same element, which have the same number of protons and a different number of neutrons. All elements have the same number of protons, however if their atoms have a different number of neutrons, then they are isotopes. Carbon-14 and carbon-12 are isotopes as they both have six protons, but carbon-14 has eight neutrons and carbon-12 has six neutrons. Alpha particles are the most ionizing, followed by beta particles that are less ionizing than alpha particles, but more ionizing than gamma rays. Alpha particles are the least penetrating and are absorbed by a few centimeters of air or paper, whereas beta particles are more penetrating than alpha particles, but less penetrating than gamma rays. Beta particles are not completely absorbed by paper, but beta particles are completely absorbed by 3 millimeters of the metal aluminium. It takes meters of concrete or an extremely thick layer of the metal lead to absorb gamma rays. Gamma rays have the greatest range, then beta particles, which have a range of a 1 meter in air, and finally alpha particles, which have the lowest range in air. Background radiation is low-level radiation present at all times. The background radiation comes from many different sources because radioactive isotopes are all around us. You will find background radiation due to unstable radioactive isotopes in the food you eat, in medical equipment in hospitals that use X-rays and gamma rays, in building materials and rocks. The background radiation that is in the highest abundance is radon gas. Radiation from space, and the sun, called cosmic rays make up 10% of the background radiation on Earth. If a living thing has been irradiated, Gamma and beta radiation are more dangerous than alpha radiation due to the longer range in air of gamma and beta radiation. If a living thing has been contaminated by a radioactive source, then alpha radiation is more dangerous than beta or gamma radiation because it has the highest ionizing power. Alpha radiation would therefore do more damage to cells and mutate more DNA than beta or gamma radiation. Radioactive decay is the process where a nucleus of an unstable isotope decays into another more stable nucleus. As the unstable nucleus of the isotope decays, they give out radiation. Activity is the rate at which a source of unstable nucleus decays. The process of decay is completely random. The time it takes for a sample of a radioactive nucleus to decay by half is the half-life of the isotope so its activity can decrease by half, or the number of radioactive nuclei can also decrease by half. If a living thing has been irradiated, gamma and beta radiation are more dangerous than alpha radiation due to the longer range in air of gamma and beta radiation. If a living thing has been contaminated by a radioactive source, then alpha radiation is more dangerous than beta or gamma radiation because it has the highest ionizing power. 
Alpha radiation would therefore do more damage to cells and mutate more DNA than beta or gamma radiation. To limit exposure to radioactivity, sources must be stored in a lead-lined box. This is because lead absorbs all alpha and beta radiation, but less of the gamma radiation. You must not spend much time around radiation, and you should keep your distance to lower the radioactive dose you receive. Beta radiation emitters are used to measure the thickness of paper. If the paper is rolled too thinly, the count rate decreases. If the paper is rolled too thick, the count rate increases. If the beta detector needs to read 50 for the correct paper thickness and it reads 47, the paper is being rolled too thin, so the roller rolls the paper thicker. If the beta detector reads 53, the paper is being rolled too thick, so the rollers roll the paper thinner. Alpha particles are not used because alpha particles don't penetrate paper. Gamma rays are not used because gamma rays will penetrate any thickness of paper. Gamma radiation is used to irradiate food which kills bacteria. This makes the food last for a longer time. Heat would kill the bacteria but would cook the food. Medical equipment is sterilized using gamma radiation. When detecting an underground water leak a gamma radiation emitting tracer is placed into the water. A Geiger-Muller tube is used to measure the count rate. The Geiger-Muller tube will detect a higher count rate where there is a leak. This is because the gamma-emitting tracer accumulates in the soil around the leak. Alpha and beta radiation aren't used as a radioactive tracer because they won't penetrate the soil and the Geiger-Muller tube won't detect any spikes in count rate.